This is the Land Legacy Podcast, brought to you by Whitetail Properties Real Estate. We're your hosts, Adam Keith. And Matt Dye. This is your weekly resource for habitat management, wildlife management, and recreational real estate. We hope you guys enjoy the show. All right, welcome back, guys. Land Legacy Podcast, we're rolling down. Headed east to the National Wild Turkey Federation Convention in Nashville, Tennessee. It's been, I think, four years for me being there. Three or four years. I can't remember if I went. Um, has it been three I think years? It's three. I know I was there right prior to, you know, COVID hit. Basically, the shutdowns were in March or April. I think they were in April. And I went to that one in, in, uh, February, and then I can't remember if I went back two years later. And so, anyway, it's been a little while. We are actually going there. Um, so, anybody who's headed there, please stop by um, the booth. We are actually, if you go into registration, hang a left instead of going towards the main show. There's booths which were kind of where the 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 handmade calls or the custom calls area. Sometimes taxidermy was over there. Um, that's kind of where we're at. Come and find us. I don't want to say three thirty four oh four, is that right? Something like that. We're over in that part of the world, so come by and see us. For anyone that's going to the NWTF convention, um, also um, big shout out to Pitbull Power Sports for helping support this podcast. If you guys are on the market for a new or used. UTV for your farm, check out Pitbull Power Sports, based out of here in Missouri. But we've had clients come from multiple states um, to purchase nice and wonderful Can-Am Defenders. Um, you know, Matt and I are huge advocates for the Can-Am Defenders. It's our favorite unit uh, and has been for several years. Um, you guys, um, if you're on the market, be sure to check them out. Tell them your Land Legacy listener or client, and they'll throw in the Land Legacy package for you guys. Pitbull Power Sports. All right. Um, boy, I almost want to say uh, I was telling Chad before we even started this podcast. So Chainsaw Chad is joining me on this one. Matt is home. Um, I believe Matt is actually going to make an appearance and be at the uh, Quest Hunt Co. Um, annual... I don't know if they call it a convention, but they're meeting every year. Um, they do it in Springfield, Missouri. He's going to be there Saturday, so if you're headed to that, go by and say hi to Matt. Um, I almost feel like I've been on a little bit of a sabbatical uh, lately because I haven't been frequent on the podcast. I've been kind of um, really nose on a grindstone. A lot of things going on in my world right now. and uh, Anyone who's kind of around us knows that you know, I've got three kids. I got the fourth one coming in May. We're in the middle of trying to sell our house, get moved to a rent house, and then build on the family farm. Like that's starting to really happen, and so I've been uh, trying to put put a lot of focus on that, make sure ensure that that happens. Um, so I haven't been frequent on the podcast, and our podcasts have been a little bit irregular lately because, frankly, we're in six hundred podcast. I don't even know how many podcasts now, but a lot of them, and. Uh, so we're trying to, you know, we'll plug away at them when we can, but it's not as frequent or as consistent. Our apologies on that. But I promise uh, with all the other stuff we have in the works, 
it will be worth it um, when you understand why we devoted time in other places. Um, Chad, we are going to circle back and kind of tie into a podcast we Matt and I did uh, and Matt did with the other guys uh, probably a month ago about the tiers of a farm. And I wanted to really help people understand more of that um, analogy we had and then ultimately um, kind of understand more of the process of, of getting there. Um, you know, when we started this conversation, Matt and I, uh, I, was on a, I was on a consult in northern Missouri and I, and I texted him two podcast ideas and ironically one of the podcast that ideas that I had he said he had a similar idea but a different analogy now we've done that the the tier analogy which was his and I'm going to talk to you about my analogy um but it's 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 different and I want to explain why so we're talking about grading a farm and ultimately like a grade card where you're looking at um, grading out the different aspects of your farm and then applying that and looking at how you can improve your grades. So you're a flunky maybe right now, um, or you're living by D is for diploma, and your farm is not doing well and you want to move it, improve it, and then ultimately when you do that, you're going to move up the tiers. So Chad... With your first words on the podcast for this one. I said a little bit in the the intro about NWTF. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, If I want people to understand that it's that that just because you're lower on the tiers of the farm doesn't mean anything other than you've got improvement to be made. Grade our farm. What or what tier would our farm be? If you were having self-reflection on our farm, you say, our farm sits on this tier, what would it be? Oh, overall, I would probably, I'm generally like to leave room for improvement. So I would probably give us the C's for degrees. Okay. How How about... Um, the tiers. So there was four tiers is what I'm asking. Oh, in the tiers. Yeah, not to gr- – I'm sorry, I said grade, but I meant the tiers. So there was four tiers, four being the best. I tell everyone that I think – whoa, that's the wrong direction for that. I said our farm sits in a tier two. Some could argue that we are in a tier three, um, possibly, but because of – of how I am, I am not satisfied, and I'd say we're tier two. That's why I say there's always room for improvement and a lot yeah. of room for improvement. I, I would put us middle of the line. Yeah. Which, in that case, you look at a majority of farms and they're they're, ter- ter- they're terrible, just they're, like us. They're down the line away. Yeah. And our our farm, we aren't many years away from from being in the terrible spot. Like, we're not yeah. that far removed yeah. from being a lot lower. Yeah. I, I, I tell people that we're in Tier 2, and it it's it's hard to go from a Tier 
it's much harder to go from a tier one to a tier three than it is a tier three to a tier four, in my opinion. It's almost like that. <clears throat> We've got a big locom- locomotive, like we're trying to get the wheels going, and it takes a lot of momentum to get things going. you got to break the rust off, as my old boss used to say. He said, we got to get the cobwebs out. And uh, you gotta you got to kind of work through that. And then once you really get going, to me, going from a Tier 3 to a Tier 4 is not that hard. But it's those first, those first two and three that are the most difficult well, to move through. In my mind, that's, yet again, this is an advantage. One oh. of the advantages of having a smaller property. I'm not hearing you talk to me. Yeah, do you got me now? Yeah, we got I'm you now. now. Yep, we got you now. Got you now. Sorry, we are we're rolling down the road. Okay. And I, I looked over and I didn't notice bars jumping. Let me try to move it. There you um, go. So this is an advantage of having a smaller property is it's easier to jump jump tiers. Yeah, in my mind, than that's, like that's if you have a large property, your overall grade it's going to take a lot more movement. A lot more activity to get it yeah, moving tiers. And that's why I've said from very get-go, more land, more responsibility. Um, just because you – owning more land isn't always the best thing for a landowner to do. Because you could – if you are – if you're trying to manage uh, a big farm – like for me, for example, if you weren't in the picture and it was just me and I owned – the land we own with the schedule that I have, I would sit on a one for a long time. Because, and and likewise for you and some of the stuff that I've initiated with the farm, it's like, it, it, it's almost better if you have a large, if you have large acreage to figure out ways to utilize contra- government contracts and contractors, loggers, things like that to make stuff happen because if it falls on you and your schedule then it may be very difficult yeah and even even like other people's schedules you look at the logging we're having done right now yeah um we're in winter it's yeah. not an easy time for a logger no it's muddy it's it's tough for them to haul logs it's tough for them to skid logs mm-hmm. there's a lot of downtime they're not yeah. moving really quick right now yeah yeah, and when they rolled in in the fall, they were hammering, and then yeah. now they've kind of come to a screeching halt, and we're almost doing moving them to new areas where they can access it better, um, and b- by design because we don't want them making ruts everywhere, um, and I think ultimately that's what when we did that, you know, you don't hit home runs with every podcast you do at all. You certainly it's impossible. We try to do two to three podcasts a week. So there's some that just like, you know, they're just decent podcasts. We reiterate some points we may have covered in the past. But like this tier one, I got multiple clients texting me going, where would you set my farm at? Oh, man, after I heard that, I don't know if I'm even out of tier one. I'm like, it's fine. I'm no, I'm in tier two. We sit in tier two. And they're like, really? I'm like, if, if if that's the case, we haven't done a good enough job explaining our farm and where it sets so people can really understand more about it. Um, so I wanted to use some of that, uh, some of the time today 
to talk about that as well as this grading um, for specific, not just not just uh, uh, tiers for the entire farm, but more grading for specific aspects of a farm. Um, and so, like, why do you feel like our farm is a tier two, Chad? When you when you look at things like what is slowing us down? One thing that slowed us down is a lot of our TSI we've had to wait for because we're signed up for equip yep trying to get it through that yep um and i think that's a good time to point out like equip is a great a great um feature for landowners it's a great program and it's utilizing government funds to help with um, cost sharing projects it's not it's not something that you have to have by any means and we didn't have to have it but I looked at it as a great opportunity for us to learn the ins and outs of these different programs so then we can help with landowners, clients of mine, when I when I start teaching it to them, I have the background to say, okay, here's what I did on mine, here's what money we made on ours, this is how it worked for us, this is the headache you're getting ready to go up against, this is the, the paperwork you're getting ready to do, this is kind of the process, and that's ultimately for us... Um, we had to do the TSI um, and, and through Equip because we wanted that education. Now, backtrack it again and go the family farm. We had to, we didn't want to go into the family farm and just immediately start the TSI because we had a, um, a really marketable timber. Yeah. And so we're like, well, we're gonna mar- we're gonna make sure that when the forestry management plan is written, we have it set up to where we will log before we do that. Um, but ultimately, we're we're now spacing it out enough to where it will be logged before we do the equip woodland restoration, and that's important due to payment and due to uh, not as much red tape that we have to go through if we were to. Do TSI and logging at the same time, which is just creating massive headaches for everyone involved. So there's a process for us of going, first and foremost, the family farm had to be put in dad's name in this transferring from grandma to dad just for, um, you know, we had to wait that time period. And then now that dad, it's in dad's name and the logging has started, we then have to wait for the logging to be completed before we then can do the TSI, which has taken way more years than we wanted, but it takes time to make wine. It takes yeah. time to do this. And so, like, the family farm, um, you know, I would give it a – it's not even on a tier five years ago, hardly, other than a little bit of TSI in the food plots that we had scratched out. It was so, like, the, you know, the cows could get into most of the timber – and so, therefore, there wasn't much undergrowth. They didn't get rotated a lot, so there was lots of overgrazing. and Lots of invasives. Lots of invasives. It was just like there was a lot of things going against the farm um, even five years ago. And so now we have a good amount of, a good amount of fences excluding the cows from the woods. 
we have improved food plot acres and the cows are now beginning to be more on a rotational pattern but the to 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 do the rotation pattern we had to have adequate waters which we just put in last winter which are big tire tanks so like the family farm has taken much longer than we would ever want it to take but there are dominoes that have to fall before we can move to the next one well that's <clears throat> that's what i was saying like the family farm and even even our place it's one of those where you know three podcasts have been on over the years it's you know we've done a lot of stuff on the farm yeah but it it was all a lot of the baseline stuff that we had to get in place like our the the woodlands we had to get the logging done on on it yeah the family farm we're getting the logging done on that we like bedding cuts we really don't have anywhere near what we want them done as um there's a lot of the intricacies that we just haven't had we did some bedding cuts but they're like quarter acre they're not nearly as big as we recommend to clients and it's because we had a hard time going in and you know buying the farm and then going in and being like you know what we want a bedding cut here but and there's some 18 to 20 inch white oaks but we're just going to cut them down for the sake of we're like no we're going to look at all those deer we're going to in a out in a overgrazed pasture but i'm sure there's clover out in there and some other weeds but there was like 20 some deer right there um that is uh the big part of it was like we're not gonna cut down marketable timber for the sake of a deer bed so we're gonna wait until the logging's done and then come in and cut in our bedding cuts and because of the logging you know we we initially logged portions of the property when we were just leasing it and then we returned and we logged another portion of the property but we still didn't log all of it and he had to pull out and go to another government contract on national forest the logger did now he's back but he started on the family farm so it's like this is taking a long time to get the logger through the farm um for people that are asking you know the the all said and done we're just under 900 acres between all the um uh acquiring that we've done over four different parcels um and just being blessed lord lord has blessed us with the ability to purchase and use some great loans for buying more ground and um so we bought the the initial chunk of the woodlands and then chad bought the south portion of it and then mom and dad bought another portion of the family farm but it's all connected and it's all contiguous and so um all these dominoes are falling and so ultimately we don't have anywhere what I would say a one acre clear cut bedding cut with hinge cuts. We don't have it on the farm. No. We've got portions of aggressive TSI um, that we did that that basically acts as a bedding cut. But keep in mind when the whole neighborhood around us is closed canopy hardwoods and dense cover is limited, like it it is a a bedding cut if you will like aggressive tsi and it's better cover than everywhere else but it's just because it's better than everywhere else that we see the benefit like you would with a bedding cut i was i was thinking as you were talking about using grades you know like our property 
it's uh, if you were grading on a bell curve, we're sitting on an A of our neighbors. Oh yeah, like of everyone around, we're sitting at an A if we're grading on a bell curve because we're better than everyone around us. Yeah, but we don't want to be just better than no. everyone around us. We would love to to assist our neighbors to be where we're at right now and better and still be better than they are. Yeah. Um, you know, if our neighbors were doing logging and burning and planting some food plots and, and holding off till they're four, we would all be doing much, much better. But um, that's not the case right now. But they're, they're slowly getting there. And uh, so ultimately, um, you know, in the food plots, you know, we've, we've done a lot of food plots, but because of roads and different things, we haven't done major soil amendments um, to really get the pH up above. Some of them are not even in the sixes yet. They're still down in the fives. So it's like there's time, there's work to be done to maximize our food plots to get better forage available. Um, I would certainly love the day that we have standing corn through the fall and standing soybeans in the fall, like with brassicas growing underneath them. Like I drool at the thought of that, but we're or not a, there yet. Or a fall with a decent amount of moisture and a running tractor. Yeah. I mean, we haven't had that. And yeah, ever. this this fall we had a tractor, the old Ford, basically. Um, what was it that was wrong with the Ford? Something injector, in the, the yeah. injector pump, then the battery, then it was a and landslide it, and, of and, things. And I think the fall before that we had the uh, the ball joint go out or something like that. And so, like, we've had problems with our own tractor to make it all happen in the food plot. So. So I'm saying all that to give you guys an idea that just because we're here barking and preaching every every week about, you know, things to do, you know, call us a hypocrite, call us, you know, I just want you to relate to us and be like, okay, I don't, I'm not so bad. I'm not in such bad shape. Like, as long as you're just getting better than the neighbors, that's, that's, that's great. But as long as you can keep inching forward and getting better every day, it's just, we're practice. We're at practice, I guess. We're there's talking always we talking about practice here. There's always room for improvement. Yeah, and uh, so um, talking about the grades, and I want you to think about your own farm here as we work through this. I want you to think almost. You may even want to get out a. You may even want to get out a a, a sheet of paper, and start putting out some. Putting out some stuff to be a. A, a, like a grade card here. It's the report card that you got to take home to your parents and show them show them your current grades. And this isn't end of semester. This is end of the quarter. We're halfway through the quarter, and uh, there's time for improvement here. And first and foremost, because it is such a high priority when we're talking about um, a property, and and nine times out of ten. One of the biggest problems uh, that we see in management and the results and everything about a farm is bedding cover. So first first line um, in school might have been reading, and in today's podcast it is bedding cover. And so currently, what does your opinion what is your opinion of the family farm bedding cover grade chad d d maybe d mm, maybe c minus 
Yeah, maybe, maybe C minus due to the logging on the portion that we've had logged now. I was gonna say D minus. Okay, I was gonna say go into the fall, going into the fall, we'll say D. And the only there's only three places that I would say have better cover than the neighborhood. I'm not saying good cover. I'm just saying better than the neighborhood. And it's the first first aggressive TSI, and we did trying to create a bedding area at the, by the stand Dahlhart. And it's no coincidence that that's been the best stand is right there. The best success that we've had is in relation to that TSI half acre that we did and spice bush blew up and it was pretty good cover. It wasn't, it's not great, but it's better than the neighborhood. And so that spot, the other spot being next to Big Piney that we that we cut pretty hard, and then um, across the spring holler, the old grown field. I would say those three spots are the only thing that's pulled us out of an F. Yeah. And so a D a D plus will grade for bedding cover um, on the farm that we bought C minus. Yeah, and and the reason for that to me, like. Overall, if you look at the farm as a whole, like bedding cover, after the logging, there's there's a lot of bedding cover. But, in the same sense, it's almost too much and not defined enough. Not defined enough is the biggest problem. Where we've, we've logged and haven't been able to, it's essentially logged and had fire, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of cover. But, we want to narrow that down. Yeah. And that's that's what we're missing out on there is we don't have really defined but we haven't been able to go in and put put some trees on the ground in locations that are still green put green trees on the ground yeah and be burning i mean some of that with the logging it's just going to take a few burns to really melt melt the the tops tops and then have have our own green stuff and have hinge cuts in these pockets where they're still green and viable so when we burn them they don't we're not burning up those treetops. They still have nutrients through it, so it's not consuming those hinge cuts. And that's that's why we advocate for hinge cuts, especially in the Midwest and South. Is if we're advocating for burning, we need the hinge cuts so we don't burn up our good horizontal structure for bedding, or at least on the the premise of thirds, or it's trees that you're cutting but you're not treating. Yeah. So that you can continually drop them again and again. Yeah. 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 And so that's, uh, you know, for, for bedding cover, that's to give everybody a good idea. If we're going to if we're gonna go from a from a D to a B and, a, and eventually a, an A is we're going to need to follow up the logging and go back in and mix in about a third of hinge cuts and a third of flush cuts and treat the stumps in a third of flush cuts and don't treat the stumps in strategically placed areas from a half acre to two acres in size. And that's how we will move from a D to an A. Um, It's going to take time, but we will do it. We just have to let the loggers get out of our way and then do the TSI, and uh, and, and that's how we'll we'll do it. And that's how we'll move ahead and move up uh, up the scorecard. So ultimately it's like that. You know, we're in school. Here's what you got to do to improve your grade. You can do extra credit. You can test better. That's how you do it. So we're going to move from a D to an A 
through proper bedding cuts. Um, if I ask you about quality native vegetation, how would the farm rank starting September 1? The, the family farm September 1... D? D-ish. I'd almost give it an F. It's, yeah. Because, you know, there is, there's places that we TSI'd years ago. But, you know. There's there's, some woody brows. There's some woody brows, yep. And there's some native vegetation, some places, but not a lot. So the family farm, to me, is just poor all the way around. Needs a lot of help. Uh, but boy, we shot the tur- fire out of turkeys over the years on that place. Yeah, and and that will pick up again yeah. as we're rolling through. Um, but yeah, and then the woodlands. I, as far as native food, uh huh. I'm a minus, B plus. It's I mean, getting there. It's I'd getting say, there. I'd say B minus starting September first. And only because we do have places where it's A+. Plus. But across the board, it's not there yet, mm-hmm. so I'll say B. Uh, I'd say 30% we have really good. Um, 35% is okay, and then some other stuff is just poor. Um, but we'll get there. So native vegetation, how are we going to improve it? Through more woodland restoration, more TSI, more use of fire, and more reduction of cool season grasses in areas that aren't grazed. Um, and uh, overall, though, I think that's the TSI and burning is going to be our biggest play yeah. there because it's a timbered farm. And and that's some of the stuff that is just where we've been on, on hold, essentially, yeah. Yeah. waiting to get signed up. So. Yep. And so next up, we'll go to food plots. Um, family farm, I'd give us a, uh, a B. On good years, you know, moisture and tractor dependent, I'd give us a B. Some years, uh, I'd say on average, though, we're a C. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say C. B is generous. Yeah. So probably a C. Um, you know, uh, we had a, we've been, you know, there's a lot of trees in some of our food plots or on the edges where you're like, these are great, big, beautiful logs. I'm not cutting them down to improve the food plot just to let that log lay on the ground and rot. So now that the logger's in there, we're seeing the food plots opened up. And we're seeing a lot of these big logs get removed because now, uh, you know, the, with the logger, there's there's money there. Now there's sunlight. So the that's one big way. We've brought in lime. Um, we will continue bringing in lime. We'll add some, uh, some fertilizer. Uh, more on that later. Don't just think I'm generic fertilizer, but... Um, we will add fertilizer. And so we've got some stuff in the works where it's like, yeah, those are going to improve drastically. Um, and so that's how we'll move from a C to an A. Um, water sources. We haven't went to woodlands on food plots. Oh, food plots for the woodlands. I'd give us a B. Yeah, we have a decent acreage of plots. We've had some good ones. Pretty good success considering equipment problems yep um and terrain yep uh we haven't been able to lime or fertilizer because of roads i can't imagine taking a 15 ton fertilizer buggy up one of our main road in it sounds like suicide and so uh you know that's a 
big thing we have to do and uh, is improve that road and then get some lime in there. Um, continue the soil test. And, um, you know, a lot of this too, this is going to be one of the easiest solutions to fix a lot of our problems is me moving to the farm. Because right now I live over an hour away, so it's hard for me to get there. But a lot of the projects on the farm don't take that long. It takes longer just to get to the farm and drive home. And so me moving there solves a lot of these these issues. Um, so for some of you guys, you're like, well, shucks, I'm never going to move to the farm. Um, and that's a, you know, that's a whole other podcast when we, when we weigh out. Is it better to own land in a good neighborhood hours away or is it better to own land in an okay neighborhood close to home. Um, anyway, so uh, the, the woodlands, uh, the farm that Chad and I bought, you know, I try to classify the whole place as the woodlands, but the farm you and I bought, you know, it's a B, and it'll easily get to an A just by soil amendments, properly timed planting, no breakdowns with the tractor. Buying another tractor, we've had, so we've at had, least at least one of them's working during the time. You frame. know, you look at food plots we had this year. Yeah, considering the weather, yeah, they were pretty good. I'd say a minus. I mean, they were they were pretty solid. Yeah. Um, water sources. The family farm. F. <laughs> I can't think of one spot on the family farm where we have a good like water lot. Wa- uh, the new plot has the old pig wallow pond. Yeah. Um, Amarillo doesn't have water other than the one that's way up there that I don't think they utilize very well. But having wi- uh, wildlife water holes is almost non-existent on the family farm. Um, so with some, uh, you know, we have a new food plot I want to create with the loggers. Uh, when the loggers are done, and, uh, you know, I'd like to have a water hole there, and that's on Kingsville. Um, I wouldn't mind having another water hole in Big Piney, and I wouldn't mind having a water hole in Fiasco. So all those, that's ultimately freestanding water for for uh, for deer and turkeys is an F on the family farm. And the only way to improve the water is to make it. So that's what we have to do um, on the farm that we bought. You know, when you look around, what are we looking for? I'd say we're sitting at an A. Yeah, we're pretty good there. Because we added three <coughs> in, in our main three food sources. And I'd like to add one on the open hillside on portion of the farm that you that's, bought. That's the only thing we really lack yeah. in my mind, Yeah, um, water hole wise. And so uh, we might add one when we doze out and make a new food plot in another spot but other than that um we're pretty good when it comes to uh access um you know access is a crucial part of success on a farm for hunting especially deer hunting and so um the family farm i'd say is setting at a b yeah there's one road that we need to create to get to the other side of one of our steep draws but we still walk it if we need to um, I think once we get the road created, we'll it'll easily be an A because right now there's plenty of options on the family farm to move around yeah. um, and hunt it properly. Uh, being a cattle farm, it has a huge advantage. Deer are so used to us on the roads through the interior that we can 
it's ultimately multiple parcels that even, we own all of. Even it. walking around on the farm, yeah. they're more comfortable because like, some places work their cows with vehicles, check their cows with a vehicle, and rarely walk around. Yeah, I mean, Dad's constantly walking around on the cows, so yeah. it's there's a lot of foot traffic, vehicular traffic around the family farm that they're yep. pretty fairly used to it. The uh, road on the farm that we bought, the access on the farm we bought, it's a D at best. Yeah. There are two main roads that we have to fix or create to utilize more. There's roads we have to repair from post-logger that when they got out of there in a hurry, they, they wrecked the road, so we have to fix that. Um, ultimately, how are we going to make it better is improve the roads, fix the roads, send a little dozer through, um, and then over time create four-wheeler trails along the boundaries that we need, and then that will make it an A. Um, and that's that honestly is one of the top priorities for the farm moving forward to make it better are, the, are those roads. Um, oh, goodness. Prescribed fire, we didn't mention that. That's another way to move up in the, in the scorecard. But ultimately, reading, writing, and arithmetic, um, you know, <laughs> native vegetation, food plots, access, bedding cover, um, all those are things to weigh out and see how they rank on your on your on your scale and on your grade card. And we just gave you a lot of the different projects to on ways to improve it. And um, man, I, it, it it takes time. Um, was there anything else you could think of that project that you would no. you would think like edge <clears throat> feathering? Um, I guess we could say like timber. I don't know how to even word it. Native vegetation, is, you know, what's the yeah. timber scale from a from a wildlife standpoint? You know, the family yeah. farm is sitting at an F, yeah. uh, and now the logging's happening, and it's a, and it's an F because most of the time when you look at the the age of a forest, and you're like, as you get closer and closer to a a, a good timber harvest, it's getting worse and worse for the wildlife. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're looking at the vegetation <clears throat> that's growing in the forest floor. When it gets really close to timber harvest, you're looking at big trees, big canopies, lots of shade, probably not adequate sunlight. A few weeks out of the year that there might be food if there's a good mass crop. Yeah. And so you look at, okay, now let's look at it from a standpoint of going, what's going to be there uh, once we cut the cut the canopy out? Uh, trees going to grow much faster. They're going to put on a lot more growth. We're going to have a lot more vegetation growing on the forest floor, um, and we're just prepping for the next timber harvest however far away that may be and uh but our farm it was terrible when we bought it it was it was below an f i mean you couldn't even i mean they wouldn't even grade it they just get out of here like you're not even welcome at this school you don't we won't even give you a grade because it had been so poorly managed years prior um and so we we cut it pretty hard now we're watching these trees start growing and uh, that's really, for me, you know, it wasn't even on the scorecard, but we want to get to an A, so it's going to take, it took logging, it took heavy TSI, and it's going to take a lot of fire. Yeah. And the place that we did heavy logging and we did fire, and we haven't even done, there. you see a lot of oaks growing back. And so, you know, the, our family farm I look at like this, it skipped a generation of good quality, and that is our generation. Which is fine. We'll set it up for the next generation to have a better forest there. Um, 
and that's just going to take time. And <laughs> fortunately, we don't have enough time left to see it get to that point. But that's okay. It's, uh, I mean, we're looking 50 years from now before it's ever. Is that kudzu right there? Nah, maybe. That sure looked like kudzu. We're in Carter County, Missouri. Hmm. But anyway, yeah, I, I think hopefully for people it's encouragement for you guys to understand that, you know, our own farm has obstacles. But um, it's going to get better. Um, and, and it, you know, if you want to see it, we are offering a few turkey hunts this spring for people who want to come and hunt with us. And then when we're not hunting, tour the farm, get an education on how we have it laid out and how you can use those same tools on your farm. Um, if you're interested in a turkey hunt at the Woodlands with Chad or I or both this spring, um, shoot me an email at adamatlandlegacy.tv. Just tag it, turkey hunts, and uh, be glad to talk to you about that. Um, that was all part of our, you know, we offered, we talked about deer hunts a couple of years ago, and then as soon as we did it, uh, three months later, Greg Glessinger hit me with the hunt works deal, and lo and behold, it was like, oh, we have to hunt ourselves and film it, so I don't think we can offer those hunts anymore. And so it was uh, just, uh, I guess, one of those where we kind of jumped the gun, but that's what we're doing now is we have some turkey hunts available, and there's only select few um, available. You better so jump on it. You better jump on it. And we might even drop some. We might even do a little burning when you're in town. But um, I will shoot you the details if you hit us. Hit me with an email. And, and um, my goodness, look at all those deer. Anyway, guys, we appreciate you listening each and every week. For you guys going to NWTF, I look forward to seeing you there. And we'll catch you guys next week. <laughs>